Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Well, welcome everybody to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick, coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska. we got a very exciting day today, but before we go into that, I want to thank our readers, watchers, listeners. Uh, you guys are the reason why we do this. We produce a lot of free content just for you if you're on our website and you're checking out our website and you really like what we have to offer. Go to the right-hand side there, click the donate button. We survive off small donations, $25, $100, $50. We're not funded by some big, huge conglomerate nonprofit. We are funded by the men and women of Alaska that donate a little a little chunk of money at a time. So we want to thank you for doing that. And folks that listen to our podcast, maybe you find us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon. Maybe you tell Alexa to play us uh, and you enjoy it. Make sure to leave us a five-star review there. If you just go to your iPhone, you click on the podcast, you don't even have to write anything. You could just tap five stars. So we appreciate every five-star review that we got. We got about 700 five-star reviews, so we're very thankful. And uh, we have a very special guest today, Pastor Ron from Anchorage Baptist Temple with us today. Pastor, welcome to the Must Read Alaska show. Well, thank you for John for having me, and I'm really excited about our topics today. I hope that uh, they'll make an impact to some of these people's lives. Yeah, I'm excited too, and I hope that you know, we can make this a pretty regular thing. I think people enjoy you were on last time and I got a lot of great responses from folks that were just excited about somebody coming on the show, talking a little bit about Jesus. So I think anytime we can talk about Jesus is a good day. So my first question to this is, Pastor, um, do you think it's important for Christians to engage in politics? And, you know, my question stems from, you know, we we live in this polarized world of people saying, you you know, we either get, oh, Christians should never engage in politics. And, you know, if you do that, you're going to lose your church status and all this stuff. And then you get the polar opposite side of people maybe overly engaging in politics, and that's all they can talk about. So give me your your stance on this question and uh, tell us why you think that they should or shouldn't. Well, it's a great question because obviously you are correct. You have these polar opposites. And this Sunday, I'm going to be uh, preaching our last series on what it means to be a maverick for Christ and I'm doing some research on characters who, who made an impact in the world for God. And it's amazing how many of them, actually, there's a, uh, a person in every book of the Bible who is engaged civilly uh, to make an impact for Christ. And so I, I am a little perplexed on the question amongst the Christians, because the Bible is full of interactions between citizens and the government. And so I don't believe we're, we're doing justice by teaching people there's a separation of church or state, or somehow that's terrible, because the reality is God is, stands for right. Proverbs says, where the ruler is righteous, the people rejoice, but when the ruler is evil, the people mourn. If that's the case, and we have the position or the ability to put in righteous leaders and engage in politics, why would we not? Uh, it is a complete blessing for our nation for us to be engaged and involved. Now, I don't believe in a theocracy. I don't believe we should be taking over to become forcing our religious beliefs on people. But the, the truth is that righteousness and righteous thinking 
is a blessing to a nation. And it has been in this nation for hundreds of years. And somehow we're just trying to get rid of that history. So I would say, absolutely, we should be engaged in uh, politics. We should be all in supporting politicians. And all the excuses that they give about tax exempt status and all that stuff. Listen, I'll be honest with you. If the church is going to be told by the government what it can and cannot do because it voids tax exempt status or jeopardizes the tax exempt status, the church really needs to ask itself, have we already not bought into the lie that we cannot speak the truth? It, it is mind boggling to even consider. Uh, no government should be telling the church anything when it comes to uh, religious beliefs or issues of the day. It, it shouldn't happen. And so if it is going to happen, churches probably should say, you know, we're willing to lose that tax exempt status because the truth that we have to also ask ourselves is what does that tax status do for us? It allows our contributions to be tax deductible. Uh, I don't see anything in the Bible that says, hey, you only give to a church if you're, you know, you get some personal benefit. You know, the reality is it's the opposite, right? I mean, it's like, hey, you give out of sacrifice and love. You don't give because you're going to receive something. And so I think that's that argument's yeah, a little We're, we're a little very sad. comfortable in America with getting perks for being good. Yes, I think I think we have gotten comfortable. And and I was reading a little bit about Bonhoeffer in Germany and how out of the there was 40 million Protestant Christians in Germany when Hitler took power. And halfway through his first three years, he starts to go off on the German or the Jews and starts to take them to concentration camps. And the churches did nothing for the most part. I mean, there was a small group that were pro-Nazi. There was a, a small group that was anti-Nazi. Um, and everybody in the middle, middle did nothing. So I'm going to ask the question, how, was that right? Was it right for the church to stand by and say, hey, we're not going to, we're just not going to get involved. Now, everybody here would say, oh, I would never do that, right? I mean, every Christian that's listening to me today would say, I would be on the side of the rebels. And I would ask this question, really? If you think there's a separation of church and state when it comes to defining the family, when it comes to defining uh, sexuality, when it comes to uh, murdering 70 million babies, mm -hmm. not not 7 million Jews, 10 times as many, and you're not willing to stand up against politicians who are doing that, you would have been the one who was silent in Germany. Yeah, oftentimes I have conversations with folks and they preach this separation of church and state. And I find it very intriguing to ask them a series of questions of, well, that's funny. You know, is that in the, con you know, where's that at? Is that in the constitution? Oh yeah, I think it's in the constitution. Well, nope, it's not in the constitution. You think it's in the Bill of Rights? Oh, yeah, it's probably in the Bill of Rights. Well, not in the Bill of Rights. It's actually <laughs> in a letter that Thomas Jefferson wrote to somebody. And, um, you know, it's it's it holds so much weight for the folks on the left to shame uh, people of faith into shutting up when it is not even anywhere near any of our founding fathers' actual documents that make the framework for who the U.S., you know, how we function as a country. Um, yeah, John, and, I just want you to know something, though. I don't care what the Constitution says. Yeah. The Bible is what guides and leads a Christian. The word of God is the truth and what we should be. I mean, God calls us to be salt and light, and salt and light is not sitting back doing nothing as evil prevails. So how what would you give folks? You know, let's say somebody's listening to this and they're like, holy crap, I should not just be sitting around my house playing Xbox and posting uh you know picture memes about cats and trolling people <laughs> on facebook maybe i should be out there doing something good um what are some practical steps for folks 
just the everyday people that have a job and they're a hockey mom or a stay-at-home dad or whatever yeah. it is, what are some practical steps they can actually do to make a difference as they engage in the political world as, as believers in Christ? Well, I think the first thing you have to do is realize that what you're doing is loving your neighbor. I mean, the, the word of God is clear. We are to love God and love our neighbor. So we love God and we defend what he says and what is truth and what is righteous. And we love our neighbor because we don't want our neighbor to, to go through the, the, the punishment or not even the punishment, the consequences of bad leadership. I mean, if you really love your neighbor, do you want what we have right now? Do you want a, a, a city full of crime where justice is ignored, where policemen are marginalized? No. So you've got to get your mindset around this whole idea is about loving your neighbor. Do you really love your neighbor? Many people, I love my neighbor, so that's why I won't say anything. Well, that's the opposite of truth. The truth is we love our neighbor, so we do what is righteous, what is true, um, which leads me to what would, they, what would they do? They've got to speak out. I mean, we cannot be misinformed citizens. We cannot be misinformed Christians. We have to see what evil is doing in our community and say, hey, we're not going to tolerate that in our schools. I mean, we're, we are talking about uh, telling children the most foolish things in school and then not telling parents. And then just saying, well, you can opt out of that. Listen, opting out is a joke. The reality is there's no opting out. That conversation is going to be amongst all the kids. Everybody's going to be talking about it. There is no opting out. So as, as the practical things is be aware of what the topics are. Understand what socially is happening and stop being afraid of being called names because that's what the left does. The enemies are mockers. That's what Proverbs chapter or, uh, Psalms 1 is saying. Hey, don't hang around those people. They're mockers. They're liars. So. That would be number one. Number two, I'd say do all you can. I would say contribute. I would say speak boldly for the people who are running for what we would call is righteousness. Now, the most righteous is possible. Every candidate, trust me, is not a on-fire Christ-centered rule changer. No, they're not. But you do and can ask the questions, what is your righteous position? What is your position on morality? Uh, and when you know those things, you should be sharing those things. You have to share them and you have to vote. You have to vote and you have to tell your friends to vote and you have to engage in voting. You have to be involved. Yeah, Christians are the worst at getting out and voting. God oh, I bless them, out. but they're, not only they're that, really bad at voting. Yeah, and not <laughs> it's amazing to me because they'll say, well, the, the guy thinks this or he said that or he did that. Listen, throughout the Old Testament, God uses evil, listen, wicked, immoral kings to actually promote what is right because God's people got involved with them. Esther. She gets involved. She risks her own life for her people to a king who's a, a war, a, a drunk, a, a guy who's sleeping with a new woman every night. I mean, all the things that we would call someone else that we had before did. And yet God used Esther through him to what? To change the world. Just like I would say, even I don't agree with many things that Trump does. And in fact, what did he do for the church? Well, he changed the judicial the system that... Uh, kick back Roe v. Wade to the states. He saved hundreds of thousands of babies' lives and maybe millions of babies' lives. And we're gonna we're, we're not gonna vote. I mean, what are you thinking? Mean tweets. That's what they think. <laughs> yeah. We're not. Listen, God uses evil rulers to do His will because Christians won't do it. Yeah. So you are deeply involved in your city, Anchorage. You have the biggest church um, in Alaska, I I'm pretty sure. It, and um, you have a school attached to your church. 
you guys do a lot of work in and around the city of Anchorage. Do you think that the city of Anchorage is on a good path as compared to maybe what it was like three years ago and why? Well, I think it was a little before that where we started to, to really wane. Uh, our assembly clearly does not uh, view or have a moral background at all. Somehow we have fallen asleep as believers. There's 45,000 supposed Christians or God-fearing evangelical Christians in Anchorage, and uh, we didn't do what we were supposed to do. And right now we're really struggling to even support our mayor who is trying to do some things that have some moral uh, boundaries. Um, but right now I would say no. I would say that the, the city is struggling. Uh, when we see and hear uh, what is in our libraries for our kids to be reading, when we, when we see what is being told to our children in, in the school system, I don't really want to talk about the assembly. I really want to say the way that the, the evil or the left has changed our world is through the education system. And that's why I think we have got to think long term. Like this is not going to turn over overnight. Uh, we should engage what is important, and that is in education with children. School choice has got to become involved in our conversations. We've got to hold our teachers accountable and stop worrying about uh, the separation of church and state. Again, the left can say whatever they want morally in the church, but the church or in the school, but the church can't say anything. I and mean, this is ridiculous. This is uh, where we've gone south. So I think there's hope. I think the Christians just need to wake up and not just be one term wonders, right? That's what happens to Christians. Hey, we won something and then they disappear. So they're really not trying to be salt and light. They just want to have power. And I'm not for power, just so you know. I'm not interested in political power. I'm interested in the word of God being preached and spoken and encouraged on people because I believe it'll bless a nation. Well, um, every Sunday you talk about Jesus, I presume. And that's a big part of what your job is to not only talk about him to the thousands of folks that um, attend your church, but talk about Jesus to your staff and to folks that come into the church for counseling. Tell me a story about Jesus that fascinates you the most. Well, I have to admit that I'm, I'm fascinated with his first encounter uh, with the people that is kind of recorded in Matthew chapter five, where he starts to talk about people who are blessed he starts to talk about people being blessed, but and they're even persecuted for righteousness sake. I'm, I'm fascinated by his claim that followers of him will be salt and will be light. There'll be a city on a hill. Think about that. He's declaring their purpose and their meaning is to be truth, salt, light, preserving what God says is right and fighting against what God says is evil. And and that passion that he has in that story, he goes on in that uh, sermon, he goes on to share what it really means to be a believer and talks about loving uh, your enemy. He talks about what it means to engage in relationship. I mean, he breaks down the entire biblical narrative in this, these three books, five, six, and seven, and really challenges the Christian to evaluate their lives. What is their heart really saying? And my, my fascination with Christ in that section is that he gives hope to everyone who's struggling. He gives hope to the lost that says, hey, listen, I'm the answer to your struggle. The way you thought legalism or the law or, or, or my view, the view of what love is, is not what you thought. It's not what people carry out. This is the true heart of who God is. And that's why I love that passage, because I, I truly believe it draws uh, people to Christ. Um, 
as their savior. And that's what it's all about for sure. That's awesome. So, um, you know, we are blessed here in America to live in a place where um, our persecution is people that say mean things and tweet yeah. mean things. I was uh, fortunate enough to go to uh, a country with Samaritan's Purse and uh, pass out uh, the Operation Christmas Child shoeboxes to oh, yeah. kids who have nothing. And I saw firsthand kids that live in literal garbage dumps with no adults and eat the things that are in the garbage and wear the clothes that are in the garbage. Those are actual tough times. Our tough times are um, <laughs> are kind of a joke compared to stuff yeah. like that. But never, nevertheless, uh, people in uh, America, in Alaska, in Anchorage, go through tough times still as it relates to what the only thing they know, which is their world. And yeah. so what would you say to folks that are going through tough times? Maybe, you know, they lost their job in COVID or they're just got a divorce or their kids, you know, are ran ran off with some boy and they got married at 17 and they got <laughs> credit card debt out the wazoo. You know, what are some, what's some advice that you give to folks that are going through quote unquote tough times? Well, I like to always point him to Christ. And the reason why is because he's the only one that really can give us hope. He makes sense of the senseless. Um, when, you, when, you, when you're dealing with relationships that are broken, where sin and greed and lust and whatever it is that has caused the division, uh, it can be a lot of things. I mean, there, there is so much that's going on in the world today. If you can't point them to something that is constant, that God loves them, that he cares about them, that this is not the end of their life, that they still have meaning, they still have purpose, they still uh, can have a fulfilling life. If you can't convince or share that that is what is true for them, uh, then what kind of gospel do you have? The truth is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, the, the returning of humanity to a relationship with God is the ultimate joy, the ultimate peace it puts everything in perspective because we realize that all of us, everyone is going to die. Everyone in this world is going to die. The question is, are you going to die and stay in relationship with God? Or are you going to die and be separated from God? And that ultimately is what brings us joy, peace, mission, purpose uh, for what God has for us, not only in this life, but the life to come. I like that. You know, one of the things um, that uh, I enjoy about your church, I've you know, I don't know you super well. We've just kind of gotten to know each other over, over Must Read Alaska's podcast here in front of God and everybody. But um, one of the things that I've appreciated about you is, you know, somebody take the biggest church in any state, you know, the biggest church in Washington state, the biggest church in Idaho. Oftentimes those pastors turn into celebrity pastors. And from the outside looking in, you've, you've remained a humble guy. And I appreciate that about you. And I want to encourage you to keep on that path because I think that that's a good path to be on when you when you put Jesus as the main focal point instead of um, becoming a a cool pastor I think that that's a good thing so I appreciate about that about your church and I'm setting that kind of statement up to have you be able to tell folks there's going to be several people maybe lots maybe hundreds maybe two maybe one but hopefully a lot of folks that listen to this and say, I got to go to this guy's church. Where the heck is this guy's church? This guy sounds like a cool guy. What? Uh, tell me about where they can find your church. You're going to be, you know, act as if they've never heard about your church. So where is your church located? 
Where can they find information on your church? When do you guys have Sunday services, Saturday services? Are you, I, are you guys on Facebook? What's your website? Tell us all that stuff. Oh, you're challenging me. <laughs> hey, we, uh, we, we meet every Sunday at 11 um, at the corner of Northern Lights and Baxter here in Anchorage. It's on the east side of town. Uh, we are on Facebook. Um, our Facebook page has our, has our sermon, as well as you can go to our website, which is abt.church. Um, we know this, that we're going to share through all platforms. We're also on channel 13. Uh, we're on KCFT all, all during the week uh, on uh, our television station. And uh, I just want the people to understand something. Our church is not interested in, uh, you know, passive church pew sitters. I, I'm not interested in you coming to our church if you're really not wanting to serve. Like, I'm going out and we're going to serve the homeless here coming up on this Thanksgiving giving, uh, time. I also want you to know that our focus is to make Christ-centered world changers. Like we want to make a big deal about following Jesus. It's not just something that we do because we want eternal life. It's something we do because we love God. And so we are very active. We want you to be active. We believe circles are better than rows. So although we do meet in the auditorium uh, with thousand, a thousand, over a thousand people, we also meet at 930 in circles and throughout the week in circles because we believe community uh, brings relationship. Everybody wants to be known and loved. Everybody wants to have a relationship with others who are like-minded and who have the same vision and goals. So there's a lot to do at our church. We would love for you to come check us out, uh, but don't come if you're just interested in uh, sitting and, you know, participating. We're not, we're not, we're not doing nothing. We're, we're going to challenge you to get engaged. Okay. My last question to this pastor, I think you guys normally do some sort of big Christmas extravaganza thing is, do you guys have something like that planned this year? Or is that still top secret for some sort of I think you guys do like a Christmas play or something like that, or maybe yeah, we have done off. pageants in the past. Last year we did an escape room, which okay, was yeah. awesome. <laughs> uh, this year we're kind of, we're doing a whole family event in December. Uh, I believe it's on the 16th, 17th, 18th or that weekend right in there, but we're actually trying if weather permits, we're going to create a maze outside on our backfield for people to try to figure out. We've got sleigh rides. We're going to have the Christmas story told. Uh, for families and our kids ministry. Uh, we're going to have Santa Claus. We're going to have, we're going to have all the bells and whistles for your family, just a place to come and be safe. Uh, hear the true story of Christmas, right? I mean, the story of Christmas is not Santa Claus. The true story or story of Christmas is that Christ came to this earth. We're celebrating his birth. And uh, that's what Christmas is all about. We want people to know it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Pastor, for joining us. Folks that are in the Anchorage area, go just go type in Anchorage Baptist Temple into Google and you can find uh, how to get there. And, and uh, abt.church, abt.church. There it is. Go, go, go check them out on Facebook. And, uh, you know, we want to uh, encourage you, Pastor, to, you know, uh, come back on here in a month or two. We'd love to have you back on. And for folks that uh, are just tuning in here and you like what we have to say, feel free to go to mustreadalaska.com and help keep the lights on. You can donate right then and there, five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, any dollar amount helps. And we survive because of folks uh, just like you that donate uh, $5 at a time, $10 at a time. So we want to thank folks for listening. Thanks for folks for watching. And thanks folks for reading Must Read Alaska. Um, we're really here to serve uh, Alaska, give them the truthful conservative news. And that's why we exist. So until next time, I'm John Quick from somewhere in Alaska signing off. Thank you so much, Pastor. All right.